What is going on? Welcome back to the Eric Roberts Fitness Podcast, and or welcome to the Eric Roberts Fitness Podcast. I know I have a uh, an, an influx of new listeners, so so if you are new, welcome. Super happy to have you here. Feel free to to reach out over questions or things you want covered. I'll, I'll be more than happy to do that. Um, hope you out there are having a great day. I myself just got back in from a nice, actually long walk, which is something I don't. <laughs> I like walking, but not very long walking because I'm 270 pounds right now. So like walking isn't the funnest thing the most fun thing in the world funnest most fun thing in the world but it was good i had like a <laughs> like a 25 30 minute walk which is long for me okay because i normally take like three 10 minute walks a day so 25 is or 30 is, is triple that right so super nice outside super sunny it's good to it's good to get outside and just kind of uh, again just like not be so restricted not be so locked down and be able to get out in the sun get out and, and see people walking around and it, it just makes me feel like we're, we're heading in the right path with all these things and obviously there's still bad things going on and whatnot but it really does make me feel like we're trending in the right direction which is which is great and again i hope it helps people with not only their physical health with walking and getting outside but their mental health just just getting outside walking it's it's such the the most underrated thing in the world is walking. I honestly believe that, and I think that people kind of poo-poo it, but it's such a great not only physical exercise but mental exercise as well, mental health uh, component. So love doing that. If you don't walk already, definitely get out there and start walking. Um, so today's podcast is going to be a bit different because I talk so much about what you should do, what you should do, what you should do, how you should lose weight, how you shouldn't lose weight. I, I talk so much about that. I, I don't think I've – ever gone over th- mistakes that I've made. And, and trust me, I've made much more than you have probably all combined. I've made entirely awful mistakes, mistakes I never should have made that made no sense. But I just, that's what's kind of cool to me is like, and I was talking to one of my online coaching clients about this is like, we were going, we were kind of going back and forth on just like um, working out and, and, and hurting, or getting injured, not getting injured, having, having weeks that you kind of deload and not go as high as intensity and volume. And and what I was saying was like the only reason I can tell him these things as far as like, hey, a deload week is important. Hey, you have to take some breaks here and there. Hey, like diet, all these things. The only reason I can tell him that is because I've already gone through it. I've already made the mistake of not not having a break during my workouts and injuring myself. Having Not having a break and being so run down, being so worn out that I wasn't making any progress. So like I've already made a ton of these mistakes. And that's what I want you to know that even me, the – the coach, the expert, whatever you want to like end up calling me, maybe some not so kind words you want to call me, but whatever that is, like I have made much more mistakes than you have ever made. And like, I just want to kind of make this podcast for that reason. I think it'll be good for you to hear the mistakes I've made because you are going to make mistakes along the way as well. You've probably already made mistakes. And like, that is a hundred percent normal. That's how you learn from them. That is, if I didn't make all these mistakes, I wouldn't be able to coach my client on taking deload weeks so he didn't get injured and taking deload weeks so his muscles can recover and taking deload weeks like I wouldn't be able to share that knowledge with him like yeah I could learn that but I experienced not taking deload weeks and just running myself into the ground and then not seeing progress and then getting injured and then having shitty sleep and like sorry cuss word darn it but you get what I'm saying so I think it's gonna be good for me to kind of go over the mistakes I've made and and how they can let you know that everyone makes mistakes and, and just hopefully learn from what I've done. So the, the first one I want to dive into is something I just kind of talked about. But I used to think that you had to work out every single day or you weren't like you weren't going hard. You weren't dedicated like it, it wasn't worth it not to work out seven days a week. Right. And I used to think that working out seven days a week would yield better results. And both of those things <laughs> could not be farther from the truth. Like I literally 
would work out every single day on vacation and like i still will now but like it's it's not like i have to it's more like hey i just kind of want to but like different story but i used to work out seven days a week sometimes twice a day an hour and a half to two and a half hour workouts like i I used to do that every single week for years right and to an extent i saw progress that's just because i was a beginner and like any beginner can see muscle gain and strength gain and like any any beginner if you're doing something new can can make progress but after a certain time, I was not seeing any progress, but I didn't think of it like that because I just thought that I had to work harder or I thought that I had to just do more or, or like I didn't realize that tapering down my workout days and tapering down the intensity a bit at times can actually lead to better results. And like my thing was I got to a point where what am I chasing? Am I chasing like being in the gym seven days a week? Like is that what I want my MO to be or do I want to see progress? Because here's the thing that – I learned this from Matt Jansen. I had him on my podcast uh, a few weeks back. But one thing I really took from him and that struck with that struck with me that he posted one time was, what is your goal? Are you looking to make progress or are you looking to impress your buddy? Are you looking to impress your friend Karen in the office? Are you looking to do the latest fad diet? Like, what is your goal? If your goal is progress, then what is the best way to get to that progress? Like it it has to be very unemotional. And like, yes, of course, like working out can be a stress reliever. Working out can be good for your mental health and your emotional health. That's, I understand that. But like, if you're working out seven days a week, just because you think you have to, and like, that's not the best thing for your progress, but you want to see progress. Like that's where I, that's where I was at in my life. Like I wanted to start seeing progress, but I wasn't. So I had to actually work out less to see better progress because if you don't let your body recover from the workouts, and I've spoken this on different podcasts, but if you are not letting your body recover from those workouts, you're missing the entire point. You are totally missing what the workouts are for. The workouts are to put stress on your body. If you can't adapt to that stress and recover from that stress, your body will not make any change. You won't see any strength gain. You won't see any muscle gain. You will Your, your body will not change. You won't look different in the mirror. You'll probably actually look worse because you're not recovering like – so one big thing that one of the biggest mistakes, and that's why, that's why I put it number one. This is the biggest mistake I ever made was just thinking that if I didn't work out seven days a week, I wasn't I wasn't going hard or I, I wasn't all committed. And right now I work out four days a week. I do upper, lower, upper, lower. I've seen the best strength gains I've ever had in my life. I've seen the best muscle gain I've ever had in my life. I, I've just benched 295 for five on bench. I haven't done that, and I, I couldn't even tell you how long. So and that's working out four days a week. And by the way, on the three days I'm not working out, I'm not doing like a hit circuit. I'm not doing cardio. I'm just walk. I, I told you I take three 10 minute walks a day. That's my rest day, right? So it's not like I'm doing anything crazy, but I want you to hear that because it doesn't matter. You can work out three days a week, four days a week, five days a week, like whatever works best for you and your schedule. But just know that you don't have to be quote unquote all in. Like you don't have to be like, oh, well, if I can't work out five days a week, then it's not worth it. No, something is always better than nothing. So not even on top of that, like, again, I just said I've worked out four days a week for the past, it's almost been three months and I've seen the best progress I ever have in my life because my body's able to recover. So that's one of the first mistakes. The next one was, and I don't know if, I don't know if my client Allison's going to listen to this or not, but I thought starvation mode was real. Like I, I thought you could eat too little and your body would would hold on to food like I thought it, or hold on to fat I, I don't know why I thought that was a real thing I, I obviously I must have saw it somewhere and like I just thought like oh like that's oh, it's true like I didn't do any research and I actually told one of my clients this Allison and she like 
luckily, like for me, like I knew enough about like protein and carbs and fats to be able to be like, oh, okay, like switch your protein to da, da, da. And, like she still saw amazing results, but like just looking back on that, and actually it got brought up like I want to say like three, like maybe four weeks ago, it got she brought it up to me, and I was like, ah, shoot, like that wasn't real, by the way, like that was not a real thing. So, but either way, I, I thought starvation mode was a real thing, and it's not obviously like. Uh, not, not not obviously, but it is not a real thing. Again, like just going back to very simple basics, like the kids, the kids in Africa you see on commercials who are like needing food and like don't have running water. Like those people are actually starving, and they're not like three hundred pounds. They're they're not holding on to fat because they're starving. It's the same thing with like Holocaust victims. Those people were actually starving, and and they weren't like obese and overweight. So starvation mode is not a real thing. But just to let you know, like I thought that was a real thing, and I was telling my clients that was a real thing. So it's it's compiled on top of that bad so again i have made plenty of mistakes and and that was definitely one of them um moving right along number three i used to think that bad foods made you fat and that you could only eat clean and you, you could only eat chicken and rice like if anybody is listening to this that knew me like seven eight nine years ago i would literally only eat chicken and rice i would eat eggs too but like that is all i would actually eat is brown rice and chicken and like i i I crap you not. I don't want to say the S word. So I crap you not. Like that is literally all I ate. I would take it to school with me and have the cafeteria ladies heat it up in the back for me. And like, that's all I ate because I, I thought that if you ate anything other than that, you were going to get fat. You were going to gain weight. Like you wouldn't build muscle. And like, obviously the, the more I've gone into my journey, the more I've gone into researching and stuff like that is not true. Um, it, it was funny because I didn't think that it would make necessarily make you like fat but i just thought that it wouldn't let you get to your goals like i thought you could only eat chicken and rice and like that was the best way to get to your goal like i knew nothing about like a calorie in calorie out deficit like a calorie surplus how you actually build muscle i knew nothing about that i was like oh like chicken and rice bodybuilders eat this like okay cool that's all i'll eat and like that's what i did so again total mistake totally not true i found out later i will say though later i found out that like obviously i found this out but like those kind of foods like the chicken, the rice, and the sweet potatoes, and all of those, like the clean foods were just very important for health. And that's why people were doing it. So like I have still like to this day I have like maybe like actually I'm recording this on a Saturday. So like Saturday nights I normally have like, I don't know, like Chick-fil-A or something just something different. But um but literally ninety-five percent of my foods are chicken, steak, rice, eggs, potatoes, like the 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 good nutrient dense whole foods. Cause honestly I just feel so much better when I eat those foods as opposed to eating like french fries and burgers and like pasta and stuff like that but um but yeah I I used to not not eat any of that because I thought I was going to get fat and that was one of the biggest things that like I, I don't know why I thought that but that, that's that's why um so moving right along number four not following a plan for my workouts I, and this is very prevalent when I moved out to where I am now, moved out to Northern Virginia, and I started coaching people. And I hear a lot of trainers talk about when they start coaching people, especially in person, that their fitness takes a backseat. And I never really felt like that. Like I still worked out five to six days a week. I still, every I didn't miss a training session. I wouldn't just skip because I was like, quote unquote, tired. I never did that. What I did do though is 
I didn't really have a plan. Like I didn't really have a plan to progress my weights. I didn't have a plan to make sure I was getting stronger. I more or less just went in there and was like, okay, like whatever I feel like I'll kind of start doing. Like if I felt like doing bench press that day, like cool, I'll do bench press that day. If I felt like doing dumbbell incline bench the next day, like that's what I would do. I would just, I would do whatever feels good. And like, that is not a good strategy to see results. That is not a good strategy to change your body. That's not a good strategy to get stronger or build muscle or do anything because you have no consistency within your workouts and you're basing your workouts off emotion as opposed to basing your workouts off factual data. Like, again, I just kind of went in there and was like, okay, cool, I'll do fucking bicep. Like, I had like, okay, I'll do biceps and back today. But like, I didn't know what exercises, I didn't know what weights, I didn't know what reps. I would just kind of do whatever I felt good. And I saw that led me down a path of just like very mediocre workouts because I had no no backing to go off of. It was just whatever I felt like. But the way you feel in a, in a given workout can be very deceiving. Like you may think you're working hard and then look back at your logbook where you recorded last week's workout and say, oh, crap, like I did this for 10 reps last week and, I, and I'm supposed to do 11 reps this week as opposed to like, oh, I'm kind of tired today. I'll just do eight reps. You doing those eight reps when you did 10 reps last week with the same weight, obviously, that's not going to yield progress. That's, that's not going to yield results. That is not going to yield you changing your body, changing your physique. So if, if there's one thing I can tell you from just, again, experience, make sure you have a structured, a structured strength training program you follow. And don't just go into the gym doing workouts. Go into the gym or whether it is right now where your workout's at home. Like, make sure you have a plan. If you don't have a plan, reach out to me. I would love to, to kind of help you out. But make sure you have a plan because – the minute I started doing that, and again, that, that's especially what I'm doing right now as far as my, my workouts in the past three months. I'm, I'm gaining more strength than ever. I'm, I'm gaining more muscle gain, everything. Like I have a structured plan I'm following, and I'm making sure I'm getting stronger as opposed to just going in there and like, oh, I feel like doing this today, or I feel like doing this many reps, or maybe I'm a little bit tired. So that's definitely what I would say. Um, number five, I really put abs, training abs directly on the back burner. And let me get this very clear. To this day, I don't do like 20 minutes of direct ab work. I just, that's just, this is not necessary. I, I don't think it's necessary and I don't enjoy doing it anyway. So I probably wouldn't do it. But I will say like definitely before my workouts and sometimes at the end of my workouts, I'm going to throw in direct ab exercises, direct core work. Because if there's one thing I've learned again from just making a mistake, I, I and this is funny, I used to do abs at the end of my workout for at least an hour, just, just abs, just an hour of abs. And it was no coincidence that I was the strongest I ever was when I was doing that because I had such a strong core. It was less about like – it was less about having abs. It was more just like I wanted to have my abs strong so I could be strong because I knew abs were an integral part of squatting, deadlifting, bench pressing, those kind of things. So like that's why I would do it. And again, it was no secret I was the strongest when I was then but also – I had the least amount of back pain when I had when I would train abs for an hour a day. That, that's not a coincidence. That's a direct correlation because I put abs on the back burner for, again, years because going back to point four, the one I just made, I didn't have a plan. I just like did whatever I felt like it, and I never feel like doing abs because they are incredibly boring to me. I do not like them. I don't care about – like I don't want to do them. So I just never did them because I never programmed them into my workout. But when I started to program them into my warm-ups and into the end of my workout, I started to do them. I started to get stronger. My back started to feel better. And that's what I want to say is make sure like you don't – I would not tell you to do 20 minutes of direct ab work seven times a week. That's not what I want to tell you. But definitely working some 
direct core work in can definitely be a huge benefit to you. So again, that's following into that kind of like have a plan for your workouts. Don't just do whatever quote unquote feels good. Um, so moving along, number six, this kind of goes with number three, but I used to think having one bad night would ruin all my progress. And this was especially apparent for like parties and nights where I would go drinking. I don't, I haven't drank in almost seven years. No, six years. Yeah, six years. Um, I won't ever drink again. But this was very apparent because when I, even when I didn't drink, but I stayed out late and I knew I wasn't going to get to sleep, I was like, oh shit. Like now all my progress in the gym is gone. Like I, this is so screwed. Why am I even doing this? And like looking back on it, I probably could have been a bit more lenient. But then again, I will say like I, I was at a point where I didn't want to go out and party. I didn't want to go drink. I wanted to get nine hours of sleep so I could work out the next day and have a, have a kick-ass workout. Like, so it's kind of twofold, but again, I, I did think like having one bad night was going to ruin all the progress I had for that week. And obviously as I started to have like those nights or have nights where I didn't sleep well because I was out, whatever it was. And like, I would go into the next day, like, yeah, the next day might be tough, but it really made no pro. It, it made no difference in my progress. I still lifted the same weights. I still got stronger. I still built muscle. Like one night did not really do anything. And in my head, I thought it was like the end of the world. And like I, I was a total failure to Arnold Schwarzenegger and all bodybuilding community around. But again, I realized that one night, one bad night, does not ruin anything. And and this actually goes into the vacations and stuff because like when I would take vacations, I would not let myself like not miss a day in the gym. I would not let myself not eat well. Like, and again, this is twofold because I want to be very transparent. I didn't want to miss the gym. Like I liked going to the gym. I didn't want to eat crap because I liked feeling good. And I, to this day, I'm the same exact way, but it's now more of like, I like doing that as opposed to, I don't want to ruin all my progress because I know if I have a weekend where I can't work out, like there used to be times where I don't know, I went skiing and like, I couldn't work out. And like, I thought, I literally thought that all of my work was I would lose every single ounce of muscle on my body. I thought my all my work would go to shit. Like, so that's what I want to get across is like that is what I thought, and obviously not the truth at all. Um, so moving right along, number seven. This kind of goes with number four, but I vastly underestimated what progressive overloading your strength training can do for you, and how important that is for any single program any any single exercise workout program you follow that should be the basis of every single exercise and this is why i left this is one of the main reasons why i left my in-person coaching job because i was not able to do this i like i was not able to make sure people were getting stronger progressing over a period of time i would obviously push them and if you're listening you know this like i would push i would push you i'd make sure that you're lifting heavy weights but one biggest gripe with me was I wanted to make make sure people were realizing that adding more weight or adding more reps almost every single time you go into the gym, depending on obviously your advanced, intermediate, beginner, like it all depends on the individual, but excuse me, burp, but making sure you're progressing is one of the biggest things that I'm, I knew it and I wanted to make sure that it was possible and I, and I wanted to make sure that people were doing that within what I was coaching them about. And this is why I've gone to the online coaching more because I'm more in control of that. And I can make sure people are getting stronger and make sure people are lifting more weights and seeing actual progress. And it's just, again, going back to nothing is emotional. It's very cut and dry, very clear. If you're lifting more weight than last week or not, if you're lifting more reps than last week or not, 
That is what is going to deem progress. That is what is going to change your body. There's no, there's no back and forth. It's very black and white. Either you are or you aren't. So I vastly underestimated this because I thought I could just go in and like whenever I felt good, I could push it. And whenever I didn't, I would kind of pull back. Your mind can play tricks on you. And following a structured progressive overloading strength training program, that's a very fancy ton of words for just like make sure you're getting stronger or lifting more weight for more reps, whichever it is. That cannot be underestimated. And I did that. Again, this is more towards like when I first started coaching people in person. So maybe about three years ago. But I just didn't think it was important. I was like, oh, I can still build muscle by just getting a pump on with my biceps. And like that's just not not the case. So um, number eight, I, I thought stretching would be the cure to all my pain. And anybody knows me, I've gone through uh, quite a bit of back pain. Like not really still to the... I don't want to jinx myself still to this day, kind of, but it's much more manageable and I feel amazing now. So, um, but I would literally stretch for like, I don't like an hour before my workout or an hour before I would go to sleep and I would wake up the next day in the same amount of pain, if not worse. And like, I, I did not understand why, because I was doing the quote unquote stretching that everybody told me was going to fix me. And what I learned was stretching is not going to take away your pain, maybe very temporal temporarily, but you have to strengthen the muscles that are weak, right? If you're just stretching them, if you're if your glutes hurt and your hips hurt and you're just stretching the muscles around your glutes and hips, you're not strengthening them. So when you go do the same movements you've been doing over and over and over again and those muscles are not stronger, they're not more mobile and they're not able to get to certain ranges of motion and have strength in those ranges of motion. Like if you're going down into a squat and your hip flexors are not strong enough to load your body in that bottom of a squat position, you are going to still have pain. It does not matter how much you stretch. You need to strengthen those muscles. You need to strengthen those those ligaments and those joints and those tendons around what hurts, right? So that that was one big thing for me. And the more I started to understand that, the better I felt, the better my the better my mobility got, the, the better form I got, the better range of motion I got. And again, biggest thing is less pain. So I, I would stretch for hours and hours and have no difference in how I felt. So that's one big thing for sure. Um alrighty. Number nine <laughs> this is more towards like the posting content and stuff. I used to be very um I don't want to say shy, but I wouldn't post content on like Instagram or even like podcasts because I thought people knew it already. And that's because like what where I come from, everybody like I come from the fitness background. So everybody knows you should be eating high protein. Everybody knows you should be exercising 3 to 5 times a week. Everybody knows these things. But you, the regular individual who just wants to exercise to lose some weight and be healthy and be there for their kids and like walk around without pain, you don't know that the cross syndrome of your body is why you have lower back pain or you don't know that your macros should be X, Y, and Z. Like that doesn't, that makes no sense to you. And that's why like I thought everybody knew that because I was like, I know this. I've known this forever. Why do, why do people not know that? But obviously the more I posted content and the more I talked to individuals, this is why I liked in-person coaching because I was able to, I mean, talk to probably tens of thousands of people and like get to know things. The more I started to do that, I was like, oh, everybody doesn't know what, how to feel your lat when you do a one-arm row. Everybody doesn't know that, you know, uh, protein helps keep you full. Like that wasn't things people knew. And, and again, I thought I was like, oh, that's obvious. Why would people not know that? But so that was a big breakthrough for me content wise, because I was able to provide much better content because 
I was speaking to you as opposed to speaking to me. I, I thought I was speaking to myself and speaking to people like me. And really, I should have been speaking to somebody like yourself who, again, obviously likes fitness, is, is involved in fitness, and wants to look better, feel better, move better. But, like, you don't know about how to make sure, make your lat feel when you're doing a one-arm row. Maybe you do, but, like, you, you kind of get what I'm saying. So, number nine. And the last one, number ten. This is more towards when I started, quote-unquote, coaching. And, 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 I mean, coaching people online and or on their nutrition because – Again, I was a coach in person, but when I coached people online, especially with their nutrition, I just thought that I was like, oh, I'll give them a meal plan. I'll give them how many calories to eat, and they're just going to do it. Like, they're just going to eat it, and they're going to eat the exact foods. They're going to hit their calories, and it'll just be super simple, super easy. Farthest thing from the truth, obviously, but like in my head, I was like, why do people not know that this is what you should do, or why do people not follow things? And like, that's where I started to really, really dive into myself as a coach, and I have to say, like, I, I wouldn't be – I don't feel right if I don't say this. Jordan Syatt was probably the biggest person for me that helped me become a better coach just because the way he talked about things and the way he dove into the mental behavioral side of fitness, like, that really got my brain turning on what people think about, what people don't think about, what goes through people's heads when they mess up, what goes through people's heads when they don't do what they're supposed to do, like – that really, really helped me. But again, like starting out, I was like, oh yeah, here's your calories. Just go ahead and hit them. And like that didn't, that's, it's not that easy. If it was that easy, every single person would do it and every single person would be shredded to the bone. Right. But that was one big thing for me was finding that breakthrough of not everybody is going to follow everything exactly how you say. And how can you get people to not like manipulate, but like, how do you, how do you get people motivated? How do you get people wanting to do it? How, how does that actually happen? So that was a big thing for, again, my coaching and my business, which is like, couldn't be happier with where I am at in my life right now. And again, like I would not know all of these things if I didn't mess them up. I didn't, I would not know that starvation mode wasn't real. If I didn't like tell my clients that it was real, like I, none of this would have happened if I didn't mess these things up. So all of it has made me better. And I want to make sure that this 25, 27 minute podcast, whatever it is, make sure you know that making mistakes is fine. And and don't be afraid to make them. Don't feel like you're stupid if you make them. Don't feel like you messed up. Because again, I, I could I could sit here on this podcast and do 30 more mistakes I've made. But the point being, I want you to know that even the quote unquote experts like myself, the quote unquote coaches to this day, still make mistakes. And, and again, like Still, to this day, I make mistakes, whether it's whether it's posting content, whether it's writing something that's not true, whether it's telling my clients something like there's always going to be mistakes made. But as long as you can learn from them and and grow and like that's the best way of teaching for me, like adversity is like kind of like where you're going to find the most change, the most results. So don't worry about making mistakes. They're going to happen. Don't feel upset over it. Don't feel like you failed. If anything, be excited so you can learn from them. So that's my 10 mistakes I have for you guys. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope this made you know this made you know that you don't have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. I will I will continue to make these mistakes. Random mistakes all the time. But I do promise that no matter what I'm going to try to get better from them and keep learning it as you should as well. So, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you and we'll talk next time.